0: Welcome to Canadian Equities, a short bi-weekly podcast series where we speak with top business leaders and hear their perspectives on the industries in which they operate. For the full-length version, find our link in the podcast notes or connect with us at acumencapital.com. The IBI Group was founded in 1974 by nine partners to provide professional services in planning and design for urban development and transportation. Since that time, The company has grown and now has over 60 offices across the world with more than 3,000 employees. It is the largest Canadian architectural firm, sixth largest in the world, and is in the top 50 in the U.S. for engineering. One constant through nearly the entire history of the firm has been CEO Scott Stewart. Today on the Canadian Equities podcast, Scott Stewart, CEO of IBI Group, joins Robert Cooper as they discuss the architectural and engineering industry and how technology is transforming the business. Scott, welcome to the program.
1: Robert, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: For an outside generalist investor looking at the A&E industry, what are two or three things he or she needs to know or monitor that cuts to the heart of the business models and how they operate?
1: I would say that the first and single most important thing is is that it is a people industry. You rely heavily on the quality of the individuals, the leadership that's provided, the uh, the competency of uh, of the individuals um, and those assets of uh, those companies go up and down the elevators, or or now work remotely. And so it's vastly different from a capital intensive uh, um, form of business. I would say the other really interesting thing uh, about the business is is that we have seen the business grow steadily. Uh, over the past 25 years with improved productivity um, throughout. And, and what's been interesting about that growth is, is, and that performance is that even in the major downturns where there's been a retraction, a reduction in revenue, the companies, when they're well run, still make a profit. And the growth generally then that we've seen is that um, over that same period of time it, is that the growth rate is typically about 50% more than GDP. And part of that is reflecting historically the sort of normative growth that's taking place in in in, in, in countries. But also the other reason that it's um, important is that it reflects the work that has to be done in refurbishing, if you will, existing infrastructure, existing assets.
0: I think technology practice was an innovative move, and it now comprises about 20% of your business, but it wasn't without risk. Walk us through how you conceptualized it and then marshaled the resources to move it from idea to reality.
1: What we were doing, uh, and this goes back quite a number of years, we were defining um, opportunities where technology could be applied uh, to improve the efficiency, productivity, the environment, of the engagement, of the experience, whatever it might have been. But what we were seeing was that the technology companies, and it didn't matter if it was IBM or Honeywell or others, were, were then the solution provider. And the problem is they had a predefined solution that really didn't understand the problem. And, and we felt that we could create more value for our clients because we inherently understood what the objectives were, what the value propositions were, what the outcome needed to be, uh, by then engaging um, in, in the actual delivery, creation of, and delivery of the solution. It was a huge step forward. We didn't have any software people. We had very few technology people, and but we took the step forward. We partnered with some other good firms who had had. Uh, a bit of a a leg up in the uh, market at the time. And um, we ended up with a project and we delivered a solution. And what we really liked about it, it was that we then ended up with recurring revenue of supporting the system. And, and uh, so we had one project, one client and that, Scared the hell out of us, out of us, and we said, "Well, this is not good. We need to be uh, sustainable. We need to be resilient," and we then were able to do that um, by finding a second client. And by that point, we had really identified IBI as having a unique proposition in the marketplace globally and with that we were then able to uh albeit in a niche market we were able to go around the world from scotland to england to greece to the middle east to india and and uh, also across the united states so we were able to couple this knowledge of and understanding of the client's needs our inherent capabilities through the design engineering side and then into creating good solutions and and that really distinguishes us in the marketplace
0: What, in your view, has been the biggest change in the industry that you've seen in your career? Um, uh,
1: I would have to say, well, there are a few things. One is globalization, um, when I started out in my career. So the consolidation that has taken place, and you now see firms, uh, including IBI, we would have been a dominant firm in Canada uh, with the scale that we're currently at, some 3,100. So that's that's one. The uh, other is then the application of technology. Um, that has facilitated that kind of consolidation in the marketplace, and and also being able to deliver new kinds of services in a much more cost-effective way. But it also has highlighted our dependence, absolute dependence on technology. Um, through the pandemic, uh, and it was not uh, unique to IBI. We would not have survived had it not been for technology and the likes of Zoom and and um, and Teams and such. Uh, so technology has been huge but i think we're just at the beginning of, of what its impact could be
0: looking into your crystal ball what is one thing a concept that's just at early stage of commercialization that isn't widely deployed or something else that you think will be a big part of urban life in the next 20 or 25 years when
1: i look at 20 25 years What I anticipate will be that, uh, quotes ownership as we have known it uh, is going to change radically. Uh, That um, because of environmental pressures, uh, because of the need for efficiencies, and because the way technology is moving, we are going to be very much a um, uh, user based and the user fee based a society where it doesn't matter if it's a vehicle or uh, accommodations, it will all be on a, a user fee basis, and there will be very little what I would call traditional ownership at the individual uh, level. And with that, there are all kinds of opportunities. I think it gets really exciting. I think it would be a great kind of environment, um, a much more fluid environment for people who work and you know, live in these places. But uh, that's what I see, and, and we're seeing it even now in a lot of our urban and design work, where um, rental has now then is replacing condominium uh, the market, because uh, it's seen to be um, more a more cost effective, and there's a huge market for it because people are not as interested in nor as able to buy. Um, Condos and the same applies to vehicles where certainly people in urban environments are not as inclined to buy vehicles anymore, but they look to subscribe to services on an as-needed basis or if, or as-needed as, as fee service basis.
0: Scott Stewart, CEO of IBI Group, thank you for joining us on the Canadian Equities Podcast.
1: Robert, thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure.
0: Note that this podcast is not making an investment recommendation on any companies discussed. We welcome your comments on today's episode or any other episode. Connect with us at acumencapital.com.